Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. Yeah, go ahead. Give them a round of applause. Thank you, worship team. You know, we, we are all sons and daughters of God, and, and we, are, we have been talking about this idea of being made to share. Um, and I'm excited about uh, not just the ways that we share just as a church in and of ourselves, but the ways that we, we share with partnerships that we have in our community. And so we want to recognize um, our scouts this morning. And so we're going to take a moment to do that, to recognize them and to pray for them. Uh, as I mentioned before, you might have seen some of them uh, uh, serving uh, and greeting you as you came into worship this morning. We have scouts that have been a part of all of our worship experiences uh, this morning, and it's been a lot of fun to see that and to recognize that. Uh, we have both uh, scout troops, Boy Scout troops, Girl Scout troops, and crew uh, groups, and so uh, we particularly sponsor uh, Boy Scout Troop 549 and, and Cub uh, pack groups 549 and 564 and again we we lift up the the girl scouts and the crew as as well and so uh we're going to start first by saying that they're we, we want to recognize these scouts but if if any one of you has has ever been a scout or has supported a scout would you mind standing for just a moment would you mind standing for that see we got a couple of I, i'm standing i was a, a scout way back in the day and and we do actually have an eagle scout um among us uh zane anderson he's going to be working on his eagle scout project and so he's going to be helping uh do some things with our playground for our preschool and things like that. Is anyone in here an Eagle Scout? Can we see if anyone has, has, has been that or done that? Y'all can still stay standing. Sorry. Uh, we'll get through that. I just want to make sure that we recognize that. I know some people are up in the booth. But um, anyways, I just want you all to see this and just give you a round of applause for being a part of this group and their commitment. So now y'all can have a seat. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I forgot to include those Eagle Scouts, so um, we did have some this morning, and it was an honor to, to see them, but um, we, we really want to um, ask that, that those that are here, that are part of the groups um, that we sponsor and things, um, if you wouldn't mind coming up, if you're comfortable, or, or maybe if you represent your pack or your leadership team, that you could come up and we could pray for you. Is that anyone in here that, do we have any of those people this morning? If not, that's okay. That's okay. We'll just go ahead and, and pray for our scouting group. So let's, let's do that. Let's go to God in prayer. Good and gracious God, again we come before you. And, and God, it's your will that all your children, God, that they may grow and that they may grow into the fullness of life. And so God, we lift to you the ministry of scouting, God, our partnership with them, our, our sharing, God, to share in this community. And so we offer you thanks for all the things that these scouts are a part of, God, for, for camping to teach us that, we, uh, that the world is our great home. God, for study and for work in order to help build us character. God, we all need that. And also for service, to see our responsibility to those who are in need. And God, also for encouragement and genuine and vital faith, God. And so we, God, we ask that you bless the work of scouting in this place and also around the world. That through its efforts, the young may, like our Lord Jesus, increase in wisdom and increase in your stature, God, and in favor with you and with all people. God, for this we give you thanks, and for this we pray. And everyone said, Amen. And so we're going to continue uh, in, in our worship series. Uh, we're actually concluding our, our four-week series of Made to Share, Living the Heart of God, and 
what we've been attempting to do and what we hope that you have learned this, this, throughout this series is this idea that your individual growth, it's directly correlated to the growth of the church, right? God uses God's people to do God's work, to grow the kingdom of God. And so what, whatever God is growing in you, God uses to grow the kingdom. And so being made to share, being able to live the heart of God, it, it, we've been learning several things. And one of those things is, is to value what God values, right? That's where our hearts have to be. We have to know God's heart in order to live it, right? And then, as I just mentioned, we begin to share what God has grown in us. As we learn about God's heart, God grows our capacity to love as God loves everyone. And we begin to share that with everyone. And then we're starting to talk about what can we give or what should we give and, and not to minimize what, what we can't give, but to say that anything and everything that we are able to share, that sharing your part, it actually goes to help somebody. And, and so we want you to realize that because last week we, we looked at a story where Jesus is, he's feeding the 5,000. Some of us are familiar with that story. Some of, a, some of us that might've been new. Right? It's this miraculous story where a handful of fish and loaves of bread were distributed to feed all 5,000. In fact, there was leftover, right? It just doesn't make sense. But, but the, the, the other miracle was, was how God defies our expectations. And, and Jesus, what he was able to do, he was able to take what was available, which wasn't much, but he was able to take something simple and transform it into something significant. And so the lesson that we, we learned from Jesus in that, in that moment, in that passage, is that we can get overwhelmed with the call of being a follower of Jesus where we're called to transform the world. And it's like, well, that's great, but like, where do we even start? And, and we might get overwhelmed and, and we might be able to, to begin to disqualify ourselves from doing what God has called us to do, right? And so we might not be able to help everyone but we shouldn't disqualify ourselves from helping someone. Does that make sense? Somehow we just get over, overwhelmed with the big picture that we don't move into it just by serving one person, right? That's how we begin to live into the kingdom of God. And so the, the problem that we addressed last week is that some of us struggle with this idea that, that maybe what I have to offer, maybe what I have to offer, it won't make a difference, right? And, and so we stop short of letting God use us to help and bless another person, right? And we, we don't want to succumb to that. We want to push through that. We want to resist that. Remember and remind ourselves that we are sons and daughters of God, and God has called us higher. God has called us deeper. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to sort of look at a, at a different facet of the same problem, right? Some of us struggle with wondering if what I have to give is enough, while maybe some of us are struggling with the fact of, of, of a resistance to sharing because maybe when I share, it means I lose something, right? Something we, we, we might struggle with. We might not say that or, or, or name that, but maybe that's just a fear that's in our hearts that's saying that, that what I have to share, what I have to give, it, it means that I'm going to end up losing something or I'm going to have less of something, right? And so this morning... What we're going to do is we're going to look at a letter that the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Philippi, right? He is writing a letter to them, 
and it's towards the end of his letter, and, and he is giving them sort of his last exhortation, his last encouragement to this church. He's sort of wrapping up the letter, and what he does is pretty remarkable. He ends up spending some time addressing what he's been able to experience throughout his ministry, and, and what he shares is that he has been able to, to learn how to be content in every circumstance. Man, wouldn't that be nice, Right? And I think we're all growing in that knowledge that hopefully by the, by the end of our lives, we can share that wisdom with the generation that follows us, right? How we have learned to be content in every circumstance. And, and he really means in every circumstance when, when he has been, uh, when he has had a lot in his life and even when he has had a little. And so he reveals how he has been able to do that through the power of sharing, through the power of his relationship with Jesus. And so this morning we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians. And I, 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 this came to me this week is I always, always tell you to, to follow along and do this and that. And I thought it might be helpful for those of us that are becoming more familiar with our Bibles uh, to help uh, you get familiar with where each uh, book is in the New Testament or in the Old, Old Testament when we do that. And so if you're thumbing through your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, bring them out. Um, I know a lot of you have smartphones and apps and things. And so follow along as you may. If you don't have a Bible, um, please, we have free Bibles to give away. They're actually really nice. They're really good quality Bibles. So if, if that's something you want or want to give to someone you know, we, we welcome that and, and invite you to do that. And so, of course, you can follow along on the screens. But when you're thumbing through, you get to the New Testament, which is towards the back. You're, you're trying to find Philippians because these are some short letters. Uh, you know you're getting close. If you've, if you've uh, gotten to Ephesians, then you just got a little bit further to go. And if, if you've gone past Colossians, you just got to back up a little bit. So it's right at the end of Philippians. And so this is what it says. It's Philippians 4, verses 12 through 14. And it says this. It says, I know the experience of being in need and of having more than enough. I have learned the secret to being content in any and every circumstance, whether full or hungry, or whether having plenty or being poor. He continues, he says, I can endure all these things through the power of the one who gives me strength. Still, you have done well to share my distress. Friends, this is the people of God, or <laughs> this is the word of God for the people of God. And everyone said, thanks be to God. And, and it's really interesting that, that when we dive into this, this letter and think about the context of, of why Paul is writing to this, this community, he, he's really speaking to a moment where, where this church community gave something to support the ministry that he had felt God had called him to. And as a way of sort of, uh, of reminding them, that even in the midst of a lot and a little, that, that Paul shares that he has learned to be content. And so he says he's learned to be content not because of his circumstances, right? What has happened to him. He has learned to be content because of what he already has. What has already been given to him. And so what Paul is saying is that he already has something in, in Jesus and through Jesus that is far more fulfilling than food. It's, it's far richer than, than wealth and it's more abundant than any sort of power or status that he could get or that he could earn. 
And what Paul is doing here is is that he is connecting his contentment in life, not with his circumstances, not with what happens to him, but with his relationship with Jesus Christ. What, What is able to be forged in that relationship. What's given in that relationship is what sustains him. It, it's not about what the, the world does to him that satisfies or fulfills him. It's what God alone does in him and through him, through, this, through Jesus Christ to, to satisfy him. Does that make sense? It's something that he, he already has been given through his relationship with Jesus Christ. And he, he actually speaks to that. If we jump down to the end of our passage in verse 13, it says this. It says, I can endure all these things, all these things in life, all the things that are, that are happening in your life right now. You can endure all these things through the power of the one who gives me strength. And Paul is talking about the one is, is Jesus Christ. He's the one that, that is able to give me strength, right? And I was listening to Linda as she was preaching. I'm going to steal some of what she said. But what she said was really clever. She said, we, too often we are self-sufficient when God calls us to be Christ-sufficient, right? That we draw on Christ's power, on Christ's strength, in order to do what God has called us to do, in order to endure all things that we might face in our lives, right? Paul expresses that he wants us to be a part of this connection, this deeper connection with God. Because yes, we have this individual connection, right? We have this individual connection with God, our personal connection, But if you remember last week, God wants to defy our expectations, right? God takes our weakness and somehow God turns that into strength, right? It doesn't really make sense, but we rely less and less on our weakness that we confuse as strength and we begin to rely on more of of God's strength. And we even echoed this last week, right? Paul echoes this this understanding in his second letter to the the Corinthian church. This is what he said. He's talking about this this prayer, this this conversation with God that he's had, and and God's talking to Paul, and, and this is what Paul says. He, being God, said to me, my grace is enough for you because power is made perfect in weakness. Power is made perfect in weakness, so I'll gladly spend my days, spend my time bragging about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me, right? That's, that doesn't sound fun, right? I'm going to brag about my weaknesses. Who, who does that? But because Paul understands what Christ alone has given him, he no longer sees weakness as weakness, but an opportunity to be strong, to rely on the power that's been given to him through Jesus to endure all things. So I I want us to hear that and and begin to flip that in our minds of how what we can give to God, God can use and God can do great things. And he continues on, he says, therefore, I'm all right with weakness. It's okay to be weak. And he also says this, he says, I'm all right with insults. I'm all right with disasters. I'm all right with harassments and stressful situations for the sake of Christ. Because when I'm weak, I'm made strong. 
Do you see that? Do you see how our relationship, our connection to Jesus is what establishes this foundation that cannot be shaken when the rest of life, when the, when the rest of the world is, is happening around us? Therefore, our contentment doesn't come in to the unknowns. It comes in the known that we have in our relationship with Jesus. And so the power and the strength that, that Paul is speaking to in verse 13 He's talking about that this power comes from his connection to Jesus. It's through his relationship with Jesus, first and foremost. And we find out it's also through other people who love Jesus too, right? Because if we read just the, the next verse, right, it says this. It says, still, you have done well to share in my distress, you see what Paul, he goes on later in this passage at the end of this letter, he, he's talking about his ministry. He says, I remember when, when I was going to Macedonia and coming out of Macedonia to, to, to continue the work that I had started to, to birth new churches for the sake of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the gospel, and there weren't churches that were willing to support me. But this church, you all did this one thing to help me. You gave to me to support me in order to do the work that God had called me to do. And so you have done well to share in my distress. How many times do we just make our faith just about ourselves, right? We make our faith just about ourselves. And, and sometimes we forget, we ignore to, to, to observe, to look at, at others that are around us and, and to share in their distress, right? It, it's a gift, yes, Paul expresses his individual strength that he has, right? His individual connection with Jesus, that it helps him endure all things. But he also recognizes the strength that comes through his connection to the community of faith. Those that love Jesus just as much as he does and those that are willing to share, not just in the good, but in the challenging, into the difficult, into the distress of life that we all tend to experience. There's an individual strength that we all have, but there's also a community strength, right? And so in another letter, Paul has this great metaphor, and maybe you've heard of it. It's, it's this metaphor for the community of faith, right? To express, to express both its unity in form, but its diversity in function. And maybe you've already guessed it, but... He uses our own bodies as a metaphor, as an image of what the church is supposed to be, what the church can be, and what our work can be through Jesus Christ. And so the church is made up of many people with many different gifts, but they all are supposed to work together, right, to serve just like Christ has served the world and continues to serve the world. And so we have this diverse body, right? But we all share the same heart. This diverse body shares this, this same heart that Jesus has for the world, was willing to die for the world in order to save it and to redeem it. And so if we have the same heart of God, if we have the same heart that Jesus has, we should begin to have a heart for each other. Yes, Jesus gives each and every one of us our individual strength, 
but we do not do our faith alone. We're called the community of faith because we're supposed to have community, right? We're, we've been talking about that. We, we just launched a new community group on, on Sunday mornings, and, and that's one of the things that we talked about was like, we want to form a, an intentional community that's vulnerable with each other, that's authentic with each other, that is intentional about our spiritual growth. And I know that there's many more groups in and around this church that are committed to that same thing. But how do we do that? How do we commit to, to having this individual relationship, but how do we commit to also having a, a, a relationship of community? Because something amazing happens. The, the strength that Jesus gives each and every one of us individually, right, it's great, but the strength that, that Jesus gives me, it becomes exponential when we all begin to share it together right? We, we have that strength, but we're called to share that strength with one another. It becomes exponential. And when we do this, when the people of God who have the same heart of God and begin to share that heart for other people, that's when change happens. That's when we will make an impact in our community. That's when we will transform the world. That's why our mission here at Mountain Park is to connect our community to Jesus to transform lives. The thing is, is that that just doesn't happen all by itself, right? Sometimes we think it will. We pray that it will happen, but it's not just going to poof automatically happen without us. That's the heart of this series is that we are called, we are made to share. We are called to live the heart of God. And so all of this is going to happen when we choose to be in relationship to the people in our community. And it's going to happen when we realize that we are all, in fact, made to share. It's going to happen when we realize we are all called to share and care about one another. We're called to care about each other's lives, about what's going on. And hopefully we move past the sort of superficial, right? And we begin to dig deeper. And we begin to pray for one another. We begin to serve one another. We begin to love one another. We begin to care for one another. We begin to share in each other's distress. Just as Paul is saying in his letter to the church in Philippi. You have done well to share in my distress. He's blessed by God, but he's also blessed by the people who love God and therefore love him. Y'all see that connection that, that Paul is making. And so, friends, we, we don't want to be afraid to share. We don't want to be afraid to share because you think you might end up losing something. If we all have the same heart, if we could just imagine for a moment, if we all just loved God perfectly, what would be possible? That, that we would have nothing to lose because m your interests become my interests and my interests become your interests. My well-being becomes your well-being and your well-being becomes my well-being. When we share our distresses together, we don't lose anything. In fact, we gain. We are strengthened by what we are willing to share together. If we have the same heart, then there is nothing to lose, nothing to fear, and yet everything to gain.
God will provide through God's people who love him, right? Who love God and love you too. And so we can be, become the answer to each other's prayers with God's heart and with God's help we begin to pay attention and we begin to respond to the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and we begin to lift one another and we begin to support one another. We, we can't help one another if we, don't need, if we don't know, right, that help is needed. That's one of the things that we want to grow in our capacity to do. It's not for any one of us to drift apart. It happens, and we want to repent of that and ask for forgiveness if, if maybe that's one of you this morning. And we're grateful that you're back among us. But I want you to hear that we're going to do things in order to hopefully strengthen our connection to one another so that you don't have to walk this life, this journey alone, that you don't have to face the distress in your life alone. We might not be able to meet all of your needs, but we will try to be present with you as God is present with us. And so that's the opportunity that's before us. When we are made to share, when we embody the love of God, we become like Jesus. We become the body of Christ that sacrifices, that gives, that shares, so that no one is forgotten, lost, or abandoned. And so when one part of the body celebrates, we should all celebrate. And when one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. And I hope that we can be unified in that sense, that we have that same heart for each other. And that we know each other deeply enough that we know when to celebrate and when to hurt. But that we can walk alongside each other, encourage each other, bring healing to one another. Because when we bring healing to one another, we're that much more willing to bring healing to our community, right? To pay less attention to ourselves. We tend to ourselves, but to begin to pay more attention to those around us, right? It's that balance. We have to be able to take care of ourselves to take care of others. We can't give what we don't have, and we want to have the heart of God. We cannot give that without experiencing it for ourselves, and so when you're maybe hesitant to share, whether it's thinking that what you have to give isn't worth much or it won't make as much of an impact, or if it's the, this idea that somehow I'm going to lose out or I'm going to miss out because I'm going to have less of what I currently have, I want you to give that over to God and know that if we all do that together, we don't miss out, but we gain together. And so sharing is not about what you will lose, but it's about what you give will help strengthen somebody else. And that's my prayer for each and every one of us is that our response isn't a hesitation, but a willingness. And we're all going to grow in that capacity together, right? Because we have infinite capacity with God, right? We, if we rely too much on that self-sufficiency, we won't be able to live into that. But when we become Christ-sufficient, we can live into more things than we can ever imagine. And so that's the big idea for this morning, right? Is that made to share means our sharing helps us strengthen each other. Amen? Amen. Um, 
I want us just to spend just a, a couple of moments thinking through this. And if you will indulge me, is that I felt led that, that we need to spend some time <laughs> naming what's causing us distress in our lives, right? What is, what is causing you distress this morning? What is, what is causing you so much distress that, that you haven't been able to, to be as engaged as you would like to be engaged this morning? Maybe you've just been waiting for me to finish talking so that we can have this moment, right? This moment with God. If you are honest with yourself, what do you need? So I want us to take a, a full minute, right? And, and be, be in prayer about that, for God to name that. And maybe it's many things, maybe it's buried beneath some layers that there's just this unspoken anxiety that we have and we're not really sure what the source is, but we recognize that it's there, that we simply just have distress in our lives. And so we're going to take one minute, I'm even setting my alarm here, um, to do that. So if you'll indulge me, let's do that together. Let's, let's pray and ask, what is giving us distress? What do we need? Amen.